listening to the Why Are You Interview Podcast, Episode 4. Hi, kitty cats. I am Amethysta Herrick, your hostess for Why Are You, an interview podcast about identity. In our last episode, I talked with a person opening up the opportunities of life as he breaks away from society's expectations to trust his own soul to grow. In this episode, we meet Ray, whose inner worlds spill into their outer world in the perennial battle against categorization. Check the show notes for more information. This content is brought to you by subscribers of my Substack publication. If you're already a subscriber, Thank you so much. If you would like to support shows like this one, as well as my writing, please consider subscribing using links you will find in the show notes. Enjoy this conversation with Ray. All right, today on the program, I have Ray with me. Ray, thank you so much for coming and talking to me about why are you? Yeah, totally. So what, um, so here we go. Are you ready for the big question? It's the big, the big question. Yes, I'm here. I'm ready. All right. Can you give me five words that sum up Ray? Oh, God. No, those aren't my two words. Um, oh, shoot. Hang on. Let me <laughs> scribble those out. Okay, go ahead. Oh, five words that describe me. That's right. That's what, that's what I'm... That, that, sum, that sum up. I mean, how do I... How do I how do I know who Ray is in five words? Oh, God. Or less, you know. But. Yeah, no, that's hard. Like, I feel like I'm on the spot. I, um, I, I, should, I should like I that it's down, five words. Yeah, should Wes. I put down equivocating? Is that good? <laughs> uh, <laughs> p- perhaps, um. It's so funny. I want to ask, I want to ask other people to do this kind of me. Isn't that funny? Um, I always struggle with doing this because I feel like I know myself unlike other people will ever be able to know me. And I also don't think I'll ever know myself the way other people know me. So it's hard to describe all of, all of me within five words. Um, I, would say uh, that I am, I mean, thoughtful, I guess would be one word, obviously. Um, uh, I would consider myself to be, hmm, hmm. I'm trying not to use like words that are also, you know, the, the jargony Western ways of describing personalities. So, um, those could be interesting too. I don't, (laughs) I, I mean, I don't know. There's, those are always just so loaded with, uh, like value systems that I don't appreciate. Um, I see, but, uh, I guess critical, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm just trying to meta-analyze what I'm saying and like right. coming up with words to do that. Oh, um, I'm torn between whether I could say like artistic or musical or expressive. I feel like expressive is probably the better word. Um, 
creative could also be a word for that too. Um, I would also say like caring. <laughs> My partner in the background. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not your interview, okay? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and they are also telling me sensitive. You can put that too. So there you go. All that right. was that was harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> it, I know. It's it's I so weird. It's weird because you think, well, five words. Yeah, I got a lot of words in my head, and then you go, "Yeah, wait, no, five words that that sum me up." Mm-hmm. It's a bit more difficult, but mm-hmm. so looking at these words, and let me read back uh, what you gave me, by the way. So I've got thoughtful, uh, critical, and then a and uh, a melange of artistic, musical, expressive, and creative, <laughs> and then also caring and sensitive. Hey, I I mm-hmm. like to you know I'm writing them down. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, so from this, from this, uh, this set of words, there, the amalgamation, there is an amount, right? <laughs> from the from these words, you had mentioned just before you started saying something that you, this is difficult because, in some ways, while you know yourself better than others, you know yourself. Uh, sorry, better than other people would know you. You also don't know yourself the way others know you. Yeah. And I would also say not necessarily better than other people, but like I know myself in a way that no one else can know me. Like, okay. if that makes sense. I um, I wouldn't say that's better than how other people know me or worse. Um, I would say it's different. And it it's just that makes it difficult for me to describe myself. Well, I... I'm I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you corrected me because my my question was going to be you know if if how do you how can you know yourself differently and how does that play into you know in particular the two two of the words you gave me thoughtful and critical mm-hmm. how do you apply this thought this thought and in criticism to yourself <laughs> yeah um so uh, do, do we do we need to schedule more time in terms oh, of no. criticize yourself? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I don't want I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to feed into that too much. Um so I I would say that I would say that this is not just specific to me, but I think that this could probably apply to um a lot of people. Um I you know I experience an inner world of myself that um, is very difficult for me to explain in words to other people, especially English. (laughs) English seems to be lacking in many ways. Um, And I, I sometimes, you know, in general, putting things to words as I put them to words that just immediately gets boxed in or something shifts and, I feel like through the process of maybe describing myself, people could get it. But in reality, people know me more through what I do and how I interact and how I don't or do act. Um, And I think because of recognizing that, I tend to... I don't know if you've heard about looking glass theory, but looking glass theory can definitely, definitely has helped me understand how I can like make myself stuck by 
thinking about how I'm perceived to the point where I do not act or I do not say anything or um, I, I sometimes put more stock in what other people are perceiving and thinking than um, what I want to do or what I want to say um, and vice versa. Sometimes I don't put enough, I don't hold enough space for recognizing how I impact other people. And so there's like a, I think there is always recognizing that there's no such thing as like an end goal when it comes to being and becoming and um, has helped me just recognize that this is a marathon of life. And even a marathon puts it into competition, which framework, which I don't like, but. Um, Good point, yeah. It's yeah, still a race. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I feel like I, I feel like I, I, I would also say it's hard, I think, for people to, not hard, but I know myself, unlike other people would know me, also because I feel like I've moved through so many different physical spaces and I've moved through so many different like social world, worlds. Um, and I, you know, some people know me in certain some people knew me and some people know me now. Um, some people have known me in multiple, in multiple worlds. And I feel like those folks know me in ways, obviously that, you know, people I may, maybe have just met in the past couple of years would know me for better and for worse. I mean, um, I'm a white person growing up, growing up in the South, like, and honestly, just in the U.S. in general. And there, you know, I've, there have been a lot of systems that have emerged from me that I didn't realize were emerging for me until after the fact, until after I've caused harm. And um, I, you know, try, I do my best to be accountable and to make a living amends through that in in relationships that I have right now. Um, and that also means that, like, I've done a lot of shedding and a lot of shifting that I... I, I I really value the people that have like stuck around um, because like their perception and understanding of me, I feel like is a really important mirror for me to continue to work and grow and become. Right. Um, yeah. And so, so that's, that's a lot of thoughts and a lot of <laughs> cr- critique on, on your, you know, the, the years that you've been alive. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive for what it's worth. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I, I will say I don't I don't do this to try to there's not like a I also, you know, I'm not trying to convey a certain like moral superiority. I'm actually trying to say these things in order to like mm-hmm. recognize that I still have a lot, I think, that I need to shed and grow through. Sure. So one of the things though that you that you mentioned you know that you you said there's a lot of you feel boxed in with language first of all mm-hmm. or that they're trying to describe these inner worlds that it's difficult to do so because using language boxes it into something which and it, which and yeah and especially english language the english right, language right. so so thanks because that was that was part of what i was going to say i mean first of all what other what other languages do you speak? What language would be oh, more expressive? I, well, I, I, I mean, I, I grew up around around Spanish. Um, yeah. I am familiar with Spanish. I am not fluent by any means. Um, I, the only language I'm fluent in is English, and yeah. I, 
I, most of, most of my ancestors are pretty relatively new to English. Um, and you know, there are, I, I feel like in a way I find myself gravitating towards certain languages because there is a certain kind of familiarity that I wish mm. that I was more exposed to as I was learning language. Um, yeah. I don't know if you, if you know, know this, but like, you know, uh, by the, by the time, like, you know, humans are in their, like, I think earlier middle, middle childhood, like the, uh, the parts of the, the synapses in their brain that could recognize all the different, hu- like human sounds mm-hmm. have been gradually tapered down. Away. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like, you know, while I'm, while I am attempt, attempting to learn some languages, I, you know, <laughs> Time has already, you know, time has already compounded and and run its course in a, in a certain way mm-hmm. with that. Um, and I, I as I like study philosophy and I, you know, like look and I and I and I recognize how much language and um, dialectics um, plays a part in the development of thought and ideas and of culture. Um, you know, like. For instance, like in in German, there are multiple words for the for the English word body. Like there are multiple okay. words and multiple phenomena of like phys- of bodies, whereas sure. in English we only have body. Um, and you know, just so just that's just one example. And of course, you know, German is also just another Western European language. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Uh, Rom- but I, romantic so when, language, yeah. Yeah, well, so when I say when I say English is just limiting, I think if we look at like the 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 culture that England has created and and continues like to to create and try to like dominate, I think it's reflected in in the very binary dichotomous mm-hmm. language of English. Yeah. Um, and I just I feel like I feel like first of all, only knowing one language fluently and that language being English has drastically um, limited my ability to not my just my ability, but the how how I can express and and put to words what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking um, because see. we're we're working through paradigms that like are inherently inherently coded with 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 meaning that just can make it very hard to to work through or shift um shift the way we think about things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah then, then let me actually let me actually shift gears completely not completely i guess <laughs> but language so y- you had mentioned in particular sounds you know as we when we're when we're children we hear we can hear more sounds but you are a musician mm-hmm. as one of one of the you know this isn't a story about me but well, this is a story about me. This podcast isn't. But one one of the, the um, I don't know if it's a talent, but one of the things that I've been able to do as a musician, I distinguish timbres and tones very well. Mm. Re- mm-hmm. I have ver- a very good relative pitch, not not great absolute pitch, but so I can determine those. That's, yeah, same. Yeah. Okay. But like I would think timbres and tones I mean, those are sounds, you know, the, to be able to distinguish, say, the sound of a harp versus the sound of like a dulcimer, they're different. One's got hammers, one's mm-hmm. got plucked strings. Um, 
can you so in terms of your expression mm-hmm. how how does music how is music different or or in any way it doesn't have to be better but how is music different as a mode of expression than language for you yeah no that's i think that's that's a a great a a great question that i could talk talk a lot about so i'm trying to figure out what i want to say in this do, moment do, in this I, I can limit this one oh. to five words too if you oh want. no have... god don't do that don't do that it's <laughs> gonna be hard for me to, to, <laughs> to do that again um uh so i'm a music therapist in um in music therapy we like there are certain circles in which we talk about like communicative musicality um i i engage in um and I'm developing a method known as gender affirming voice work within music therapy. And mm-hmm. like the way we understand our voice is, is not the, the, again, here comes another binary. Um, there's not just singing and speaking where we're like our voice like transcends and moves through those different constructs. And, and the, whenever we speak, our, our voices have a pitch. There is a melody there is a rhythm there, you know, like, and this, this is shown in TikTok so much too. Like I'm not on TikTok, but TikTok, but there are so many different musicians that will take little snippets of what people say and put them to music. And I feel like that's a really great way of showing how musical um, we, we, how we musically communicate. And then also across, I mean, across cultures, especially like African diasporic cultures, um, music um, and especially like rhythm and dance was used as a way to communicate to people in a way that went underneath the radar of of, of colonizers. So like there, I feel like there are a lot of worlds of music and a lot of ways that music has been really essential to um, the continuance of culture um, and the, like the creation of culture. And for, for me, um, I grew up, my mom, my mom um, play, played piano and sang a lot when I was a kid. She still does, but not as much now. But, um, and as, I mean, as an infant, um, there are many like photos and home videos of, of my, of me whenever my mom is playing and singing, like I'm like underneath the, I'm underneath the, the, the piano and I'm like feeling it. I'm like, you know, right. people would move me away and I'd be moving towards it again. Like people are playing music. I'm sitting next to the speaker. So I, there's also, I feel like, uh, the, the physical, the way that music is both something that we perceive like our brains magically, uh, magically and scientifically like process all these physical sounds and, 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 and we and we understand these as like different concepts or you know we 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 talk about it as an abstract but it's it's a physical phenomenon too there's so many components yeah. to music and music is so multiple um much much more than just using ears yes. I, I mean it's it's interesting to listen to something to listen to a piece of music and you know have like a like a, a band pass filter or something you know to yeah. say i'm only going to listen to you know this this particular range of frequencies cutting out the treble or the bass you know sometimes 
makes a completely different piece. Oh, you know, absolutely. The, yeah. The emotional, you know, the emotional yes. impact sometimes of just adding a base, you know, a, a yes. lower baseline, you know, yes. single note. So yes, yes, absolutely. Um, that, uh, yeah. And I mean, that, that would bring us into just conversations of like covers and how covers can really sure. drastically shift things, but I'm not going to go down that tangent right now. All right. What I, <laughs> what I am going to say is like, as a kid, as I started growing up, like I, I wanted to learn I wanted to learn um, piano pretty quickly. I think I was singing before I was speaking. Um, language for me at first was actually very difficult for especially like written stuff. Um, I just have different different neurodivergences. I think that I haven't really tried to put specific names to, but I do remember having a difficult time with reading. And um, I think one of the main ways that I actually learned to read and learned to connect written words to like auditory words and, 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 and learning those sounds, um, was through singing in choir and just singing in general, learning Mm -hmm. to syllabically break, break words apart and recognize syllables as images and like recognize that image as a connection to a certain sound. And so like, truly for me, like, like, I, I, I feel like music was essential for, for, for me learning how to express. And I think, um, uh, music both with or without words, but I would say right now, as I'm talking, when I'm music with words, I think also like showed me and informed a lot about just like interpersonal dynamics and I'm like the poetry that can kind of come through music, like, you know, taught me a lot of things that some things that I that I still really value and some things that I've had to like unlearn and shed. I mean, a lot of right. gender binary mm-hmm. heter- cis heteronormative rhetoric is permeates through music that's popularized in, in Western worlds. Right. And so right. I was, I was like songwriting through middle school and high school and like, you know, coming up with these different, coming up with these different, like, you know, pieces on piano that I was struggling with how to like, you know, mark down on paper and write, but I would just repeatedly go through the motion and try to internalize them. And then when I went into my undergrad and studied music theory, um, and got, I, first off, like I, I loved starting, I loved being able to have words for different harmonic patterns that I was noticing in my sure. early life. Yes. And, yes. and it brought upon, brought upon an existential crisis because learning music through a Western paradigm was basically just me learning how, these these white these white men came up with these rules and then these white men broke those rules and created this genre this wave of music and then these white men broke those rules <laughs> and created that genre and of course it wasn't just white men i mean white men were the ones taking taking the taking sure. the um taking the fame of you know music written by non cis men um but uh i i think after a while, I just, I, I started, I've, I've had to really try to nurture my personal relationship to music. Um, because going through that made, made songwriting a lot harder because it seemed like, you know, everything's, everything's already quote unquote been done, Mm. but that's not true. You know, I know that's not true. And I've had to do a lot of like challenging of that and also recognize that music music like thought and thinking and ideas are not nothing is original 
Um, and the, the, the point of music is the ritual of it. The point of music is the groove is the, is the, as the act of, of, of moving through music and music is supposed right. to accompany us through life and help us like process life. And it's not about having something that's super novel or new. Um, it's, it's more about like, what is, what does, what is music as a ritual and process bringing to us and, and not just bringing to us, but what through doing it, what, how does that enrich life? And so mm -hmm. um, I feel like music has been a very important part of my emotional growth and my emotional processing. Um, I know the first few years that I was transitioning on hormones, um, I, you know, had to relearn my relationship to my voice and for a while, like I wasn't able to sing and vocalize and do things that used to bring me so much emotional release. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was in that process that I was like, wow, like I have never been in a part of my life where I haven't been able to, 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 to sing and vocalize and, and do things that create a peak experience that helped me feel a catharsis, you know? So um, it took, but it, I mean, I'm, I'm there now again, like I, I am, mm -hmm. I am, I'm to a place where I'm able, where, um, where I, where I can do that and move through music in that way. And that's lovely right. and beautiful. Um, and like that process, like taught me how, how important it is for my mental health. And these are things I cognitively yes. knew, but going through it, it showed me something. See, more I'm, real. I'm, I'm unsure. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I wanted to. I wanted to follow up on that, that there's, I, I wrote an article some, some months back because when I started doing my own gender affirming uh, voice work, the hardest part for me was not, you know, figuring out how to use, you know, the vocal tract for various, you know, purposes, various sounds, because those were just sounds, right? But there's a distinction between sounds, you know, the, the 12, the 12 tones of the, of the Western mm -hmm. scale and communication, mm -hmm. you know, put, putting those together in a way that ends up, you know, expressing something, which is what you what you were mentioning earlier. And I, I don't know, I guess, you know, given you gave me the word sensitive, I wanted to, to you know, sort of to, to, I guess, try to bring that back around to say, if you were, I mean, communication is a lot of what you're trying to say, I think. Okay, mm -hmm. you're nodding. That's good. So at least it wasn't far <laughs> off. But like voice works very difficult because you may change yourself completely externally, but then when you start speaking, it's different. You know, a, a masculine voice is different from a from a feminine voice and then anything in between. And then there are spectra within each of those. If you have an angry male versus a, you know, a very caring female, you know, there, there are spectra across those. So, and, and I would also say that all of those are constructions too. Um, like, you know, I, 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 I think it's important to challenge this notion that a caring voice has to be a pie and has to be, la, 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 right. And I know I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, you no, know, I, yeah, absolutely. I hear what you're saying because like, right. Like, I, and I, I, what I will say is that I think across different like microcultures and across like cultures and macro, macro level too, there sure. are so many interpretations and representations of a quote unquote feminine voice and a quote unquote masculine mm -hmm. voice and voices that are neither um, and more, um, you know, again, sure. going back to the limits of language, 
gender continues to be constructed with man or woman, masculine or femme language, and right. and a lot of other ways of of embodying a gender that that expands past past any or include those those constructions. You know, we don't necessarily have a word for it besides androgynous, and even then, I feel like that's limiting. So what I what right. I am saying is like. Um, yeah, like when when it comes to when it comes to quote unquote speaking and singing, I think there are a lot of ways that Western world internalizes within us that that a quote unquote female singer should sound like a quote unquote male singer sounds like. And honestly, I don't even like using the words male or female because that's also a construction. <laughs> like you know, Agreed. like we can yeah, and um, and I'm not saying this to be like I don't ever want to hear anybody use those words. What I'm saying is like, I'm curious about how it's so easy for us to like continue to talk about voices and assume someone's reproductive capacity <laughs> at the same time, you know? Um, Agreed. I'm trying to remember if I said man and, man and woman or male and female, and hopefully I used man and woman because I wanted to convey a, a context sensitive yeah. The communication is always context sensitive. It, you can't absolutely. get away from that. Oh, ab so. oh, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think like the the big thing in in the the voice work that I practice is um recognizing that as trans people we we do have to we do develop what could be understood as like a double consciousness where we have to understand what in society and this society around us is expecting to hear from a quote unquote man or a quote unquote woman and, sure. and figuring out like what that means for us and how we are perceived and how that is in relationship to who yes. we are and how we want to be. Um, and of course that is even more complexified when the trans person is person of color um, or disabled. Like mm -hmm. there, there's so many different, there are so many different ways of, embodying masculinity and femininity and energies that expand past or that or none of those. Yes. Um, very true. Very true. And we have to navigate that along with the habits that we have adopted vocally when, when being, when, when trying to be a gender that we are told we need to be. Mm -hmm. And like all of those are material habits that we have to shift. And like, if we're forced through a puberty, we don't want to experience that also has brings about a material reality that we have to navigate um when voicing and right. um right. yeah like i there there's so many ways i could go with my statement but i feel torn do you have like a question or a well, thought? <laughs> yeah i mean you i think i think at least in my head which what you're discussing is the challenge of communication because communication you know i think gender is a form of communication obviously speech as a component of gender is a form of communication mm -hmm. and and there are aspects of society that that expect you to communicate in certain ways or present in certain ways yeah but uh but that that was you know the reason why i wanted to follow up on that is because i think that is one of the biggest challenges because because like finding finding makeup that worked for me finding a hair color that worked for me whatever clothes that was not remarkably difficult but bringing a new mode of, of expression, a new mode of mm. communication mm -hmm. into my life was hard because I had, mm -hmm. you know, relationships that were 20 years old. I had a very yeah. difficult time starting to use my voice with my wife. 
I'm like, you were the one who was, who said, you know, who was okay with transition. You know, you'd think she would go, hey, keep, you know, keep using it. But it yeah. was hard for me. Because, yeah. You know, just yeah. difficult. You're changing a lot of modes of communication at once. So yes. And I think that like that's I like more I like thinking about it as as habit, you know. Um like sure. I I'm gonna try to not go too too far into different <laughs> tangents, but like there's like a concept or like a phenomenon understood as like habit body and like basically mm-hmm. our our body moves through the world and does a lot of things for us so that we don't have oh, to sure. think about everything. Yep. And whenever yep. we're trying to shift a habit, whether, whether it's understanding and seeing and knowing and loving somebody as they transition and developing and making sure that we're not only using the right words with them and around them, but in internally habit, like shifting the habit of just recognizing yes. and seeing and loving all people in mm-hmm. a way that doesn't automatically assume or impose a gender binary. Like that is in a very, that, 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 that's a whole string of habits that takes oh, yeah. a lot of time to, to consider. And there really, again, there really is no end game to that. Like that is something that we all have to like work through and hold each other through in order to shift shift those that culture so and yes. i feel like within that i like uh as trans people again with habit like there are ways that we have habituated to navigating through sexism mm-hmm. in a way that imposes the sexism on us and and like we have to work through our internalized shit in order to um in order to like allow ourselves to shift our body schema and our habit in a way that, that, that actually like makes us want to be in our body, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's, it's a, it's hard. It's a hard process. And it's like with all aspects of transition, it's like, you know, I remember taking my first shot of tea and looking at the mirror and crying, being like, I wanted to see some change right now. Like, and that's just not how, that's just not how it's going to work. But, you know, over time, as we are consistent and as we hold ourselves in complexity and ambiguity, like our habits can shift. Mm-hmm. And I think with vocalizing, that is one of the most abstract and yet like, the, the the voice is like the the liminal space between like our spirit, our emotion, our physical body, and shifting habits that 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 are focused on the physical voice. I think also requires us to like in like hold our relationship to ourselves in a way that is vulnerable and voicing in general in front of people is vulnerable. Like. Us voicing is literally us vibrating Mm -hmm. our body and making a sound through vibrating our body. And Mm -hmm. if we think about like somatics and trauma, um, that, you know, shifting the way we voice, like shifting into a resonance where we're, where, where our sound is coming from our cheeks instead of from like our chest, like that, that is a different sensation. And if people have habituated to resonating in a way that is not that doing that at first can be really overwhelming. Oh, very. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. And I, I, think, I would get headaches at the very beginning. Yes. It, and I had to figure out what it was I was tensing. Yes. You know, in order to get a particular sound. But yes, it, you brought up trauma, too. And I think that's. I'm, I'm going to I don't want to go off on a really huge tangent. <laughs> One of the reasons why I think I got a headache is because 
you know, the, if I get angry, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll freeze my face in a particular formation. It doesn't look like this. And everybody listening <laughs> to this podcast is probably going, what the hell was that? But, but I realized that trying to use a voice that sounded authentic to me caused my face to, to tense in ways that made me feel I was angry. And the, the confluence, I don't think that's the word I want to use, but, you know, the, the combination of the two was, I mean, distressing, I think is the best word to use for that. Because I'm like, no, wait, I should like this. Why do I not feel, mm. you know, why do I not feel right? Mm -hmm. So, so listen, let me, I think we could go on and on and on. We could. <laughs> and I'm loving this too. That's the same I love thing. it too. I love it too. I, I'm a, I appreciate the questions you're asking. No, I these are great. You 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 keep bringing us into different territory that um you know I think is partly undiscovered and I think that's what's so lovely about you know in particular like our journeys is yes a lot of times it's completely undiscovered uh you know completely undiscovered territory even if just for us. Yeah, it's, and I mean even to... like yeah, I feel like I feel like I, I like to pause on like words that about like discovery and stuff. And I think about it more of like, we are, we are like trudging through the fringes and the gaps and the veiled places that have been, have, have been not illuminated or not, not held in consideration in like dominant knowledge frameworks. Yes. And like, there are plenty of generations and decades of people that have navigated these gaps. Mm -hmm. But be, I think because of the way that, that that has been hard to share that knowledge past a local level, like it's continued to be enshrouded and gapped and erased. Um, mm -hmm. And with the internet, like before the internet, when, when the internet was a public good, the internet did a lot of really beautiful ways of connecting, connecting us oh, and, and helping us recognize yeah. each other. And I, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no, there's just, there's, there's still so much to actually be like illuminated and held in consideration. Um, I, I saw this one, <laughs> I saw this one comment, um, on, um, I don't know if you if you follow Crutches and Spice, um, Amani no. Bara, Amani Barabin. Um, I'm mm -hmm. I don't I actually have not heard her name um, spoken out loud. So I and I'm not looking at her name. So I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. But if I'm not, just I I will take correction. Um, it's fine. Uh, I'll, I'll stick uh, that in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, she posted a, a video recently about how as a as as a as a black disabled woman, um, she feels. Um, she's a black disabled cis woman. She feels a lot of like a lot of um, uh, she she feels for the the anti trans shit that's going down right now. And she made a you know she made a little video about how um, cis women can be really shitty to disabled women about their choices of whether or not to um, whether or not to uh, or just disabled people who can reproduce like whether or not they want to have kids or anything like that. Sure. Oh, sure. Even just, yeah. even just have sex. Um, mm -hmm. And so somebody in the comment was like, that moment when your oppression is on the axis of 600 types of oppression. And I'm like, yes, that is so true. Like there, like, I feel like transness it, as, as a phenomenon, of course, transness is a Western construction and trans people have existed before transness was course. a thing. But well, yes. all of, all of, all of like this important, beautiful, nonlinear, like 
history and knowledge and experience has been like a, a, a bedrock of so much of what we know. And yet it's because it's been enshrouded, there's just so, there's just so many fragments. There's so much mm -hmm. fragmented space everywhere. Um, and I feel like it's been fragmented because of the way that it connects us so much. It connects us so many different um, right, right. things. I mean, it, it almost it almost needs to be just because it connects to so many things or it's all it yes. not needs to be but it's almost obvious that it that it would be fragmented yes. because of the the level of yes connection. absolutely so. i think i think like the level of solidarity that can be that could be established if we all like recognized how we're all connected mm -hmm. um is what scares the powers that be so much <laughs> and, um probably you know what though <laughs> i have the feeling they're listening to us <laughs> I don't probably know. Yeah. I, don't know. I heard a knock on the door, but maybe it's the next. <laughs> Who knows? So, we'll see. Well, look, Ray, I like to, I like to, I've, I've gotten better at this now over a few interviews. What I, what I like to do is paint what I like to call this paint a portrait at this point, paint a portrait of Ray. So I'm mm -hmm. going to use what the notes that I've taken, you know, so mm -hmm. not like you can really read that, but it's um, two pages it, of scribbles. I like it. That's impressive. It was yeah. It was really only that much. Okay, it was, cool. It was, it was half a page, but okay. So use the words that you gave me, and some of what we've talked about, but try to por paint the portrait that I see of you. And I think that this might be of interest to you, since we started off at the beginning with you saying, you know, you see yourself in ways that that you know others cannot. So here is going to be my portrait of Ray. Are you ready? Okay. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. The person I see before me is thoughtful and critical, not only of themselves, but of the world around them. And that's because of the level of expression necessary to describe these worlds inside them. You know, there's a, a certain amount of creativity and the amount of um, communication that, that, that expresses, you know, what's inside them to the outside, but with no end goal in sight, with with their sensitivity, what I see is an is a chromatic microtonal harmony of of humanity. Mm. A, I love spectrum, that. A spectrum of humanity. That's that's what I see. I love that. No binaries, no limits. That's what I, I see. That. that is that is my portrait of Ray. Wow, that's incredible. I, I, that like, I, I, I know this wasn't on the recording, but you know, when we were kind of building rapport before we recorded this and we were talking about like how, um, I was talking about how like I've had to learn to like embrace people perceiving me, um, mm -hmm. because I've gotten, I got, I habituated, I can habit, habit, I got so used to not wanting to, I, I got so used to preparing for any kind of perceptive recognition to be mm -hmm. jarring, dysphoric, not great, you know. Um, and 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 lately, I've had to be like, oh, that I was preparing for that, but oh wow, that actually feels kind of nice. Wow, right. I'm still in my body, incredible. And like that was, I was just having one of those moments where I was like, wow, I'm being perceived, and I like it. It's incredible. <laughs> it's. <laughs> So yeah, long story short, that was great. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. That that was great praise. <laughs> All right. Well, Ray, 
I, I want to just say thank you so much. Your your enthusiasm and your the, your depth of thought really, uh, I, I really appreciated being able to talk to you. Thank you. Yes, I appreciated this too, Amethysta. I hope that I hope that you continue to get folks um, on this because I think this is just one of the many ways that we can you know bring some light to all of these gaps. So right, you're doing right. the work. Very true. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, such penetrating vision turned on the actual act of perception. That was an amazing discussion. Ray, thank you again. We will definitely speak more. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Why Are You? If you'd like to hear more, please consider subscribing using the links you will find in the show notes. And until next time, remember that burning question, Why Are You? Why Are You?